Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. So good to be at church and uh, 2020. I want to share for a few minutes today on facing 2020 with faith, not fear. Facing the future with hope, not anxiety or discouragement or despair. Because our God is the God of hope. Our God is a God who works in and through even the difficult things in our nation. And what a start to our our year, which none of us would like to see that happen. But God can turn all things together for good. His grace can heal hearts and bring breakthroughs. I believe God has given every human being a sense of hope for a better future. I believe that's put into people's souls and spirits. It gets attacked and damaged and overwhelmed sometimes. But I want to say that God has put something in the human heart for a hope for a better future. In the midst of the fires and drought, God is sending the rain. He is sending hope through volunteers and caring people across our nation. And in the middle of it, God will turn hearts into a place of healing. Australia is a blessed country and we have so many material things and when you're faced with the reality of losing that or actually lost it, there can come an emptiness, but into that can come the love of Jesus. Some will turn away from God, but many will say, God, we need your help. And that's how I pray and minister. We need minister comfort and mercy and healing into hearts and minds. And we do the practical. Aussies are very practical. We are volunteers and and we go and help. And, and some of the stories I've heard and watched, I think, God, a 60-metre wall of flames coming. How can you fight that? Many stories of God's rest. They, they've they've um, saved tens of thousands of homes. 2,000 have been lost, but they've so saved tens of thousands. And there's absolute miracles and stories. And I, I heard just um, on Friday, of a farmer between Gympie and Rainbow Beach. He bought this property. I don't know if anyone heard this story. Bought this property several years ago. It had a homestay for uh, holidays on farms and had beef cattle, but there was 2,300 mango trees on the property. Someone must have had a mango orchard there. He wasn't really into farming that. Last year, he didn't get a very big crop, so he just got volunteers and gave it away. This year... Who's got a mango tree that's loaded? He's got 2,300 mango trees with at least 100 mangoes on every tree, 230,000 mangoes conservatively. He gave them away last year, so he said, I could make lots of money this year, but I'm going to give it away to families in the drought and fireplaces. So there's hundreds of volunteers down there picking all those mangoes, packing them up, and he's sending them right out to the drought and fire-affected areas all over Queensland. I thought, that's a spirit of generosity. I don't know this person, but when I heard the story, I thought, that's just typical that we give what we have. We give love, support, prayer, financially, resources. We give what we have. That's all God asks, to share what we have, and then he multiplies it and helps. I know there's people here that have done amazing things, and we want to encourage you for your generosity. A scripture I was reading the other day really stirred my heart. Psalm 27 13 and 14. The psalmist says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. And we have to lift our eyes 
to see with hope our nation, to see with hope the people of our community. So many are in need, not just from fires, but there's broken homes, there's, there's turmoil, there's fear, there's anxiety. But I want to say that God is the God of hope. And as believers, we carry that inside of us. Wow, we are, we are carriers, we are messengers of love and hope for people around us. I read Bill Johnson, one of his books the other day, it says, Heaven is our destination, but service on earth is our assignment. So heaven's a bonus at the end of this life. What an amazing place that will be. But serving our community, our church and our nation is our assignment while we're here. And that gives purpose, doesn't it? Whether it's your family, whether it's an elderly relative, whether it's a sick child, whether it's neighbours, whether it's our, through our business or our contacts, we serve because that's what brings us fulfilment and purpose. That's what God's called us to do. Heaven's our destination, but serving is our assignment. And as a church, we're, we're recommitting to that focus um, for this year. And when I saw, I saw on the television a few times where they had a map of where all the fires were, and you saw all those little flames all over the nation, I think, God. And immediately I got reminded of a prophecy that I read when I was a young person, by Pastor Gerald Rollins. He's still alive, an amazing man of God. Early 1960s, it was 1960 or 1961, he had an unfolding vision of what God was going to do in our nation with a great move of God and revival. And he saw all these little fires in the spirit across our nation and then they just grew and became huge big fires and a great move of God and revival would happen across our land. And as I saw the map with all the destructive fires, my spirit immediately remembered that prophecy. I said, God, sometimes in the natural first, then the spiritual. I don't understand how that works. I'm not saying God's causes. He hasn't. It's natural causes and phenomena. But I know that God can turn anything for good if our heart is lifted to him. It's not escape. It's just a faith focus instead of just a fear focus. It's a faith focus instead of being overwhelmed by the pain and the trauma. We address it, we love her, people, but we also have a higher perspective. And that's what we speak into today in our lives. And I believe that God's going to do amazing things. I want to look for a few minutes at a guy called Gideon. Gideon in Judges chapter 6. Some of you know the story. He was a, a prince or a son of a well-to-do family but they had been raided and overcome by the enemy and one of the things the enemy used to do every year they would raid at harvest time and they would burn all their crops so they went through the trauma of watching all their fields get burnt every year by the enemy that would come and steal their animals and burn their crops and I thought about that when I saw crops burning the other day I thought hold on Gideon faced something like this when in his lifetime so Gideon was part of the uh, people of Israel, the people of God, and he was crying out saying, God, we can't go through this. He was actually threshing wheat to get some grain in, the, in a wine press, which was like a, a stone tank in the ground so that the raiders couldn't see him trying to get some food. Interesting thought. He was uh, threshing grain, which brings bread, in a wine press. Jesus is the bread of life. And wine speaks of the Holy Spirit. 
He was trying to get bread where he should be getting living water and wine. And sometimes we get confused about what God's up to. Bread, the word of life, wine of the spirit, the anointing, we need both to live and function. Let's pick it up in Judges 6, just a a story where he was crying out to God. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan's the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you and will strike down all the Midianites, leaving them alive. Gideon, leaving none alive. Gideon replied, if now I have found favour in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will await until you return. It goes on for several chapters and the amazing story how that God uh, raises up Gideon and uh, gets a great army and then God says there's too many of them because you'll get the credit and so he ends up with 300 committed soldiers defeat an army of over 120,000 and that doesn't add up does it and in the spirit sometimes we can feel overwhelmed we can think hey what can a few hundred people in Harvey Bay change our city what can two Christians in a whole family change their uh, community? And, so, and sometimes we look and see the needs in our nation or across the world are so huge. But God doesn't need a lot. He just needs a few that know their purpose and connect with the Almighty God. And that's what love and power and, and Matt shared about the, the greater grace. It can overflow all the needs and bring life into the brokenness, light into darkness. And that's what God has called us to be and do for this new year of 2020. When we pray and cry out to God for breakthroughs and answers, guess what he does? He will often call and prepare a man or a woman or a group of people to flow through them to bring the breakthroughs and deliverance and to meet the needs of the people in the community. You pray and say, God, change our city. He says, I will, I'm going to send you. Oh Lord, it would be better if you did it and you sent the angels. Whenever you pray and you see a need in your workplace, he says, yeah, I'll put you in there. That's why you're there. God, come and save the people. Yeah, I will, but I'm going to do it through you. When we pray for breakthrough, God will always raise up a man or a woman or a group of people that he will bring, speak through, work through, love through, and that's what brings the breakthrough. And sometimes we opt out and say, God, do it. And he says, I am, I'm going to do it through you. Listen to what he said to get in. He says, rise up, mighty warrior. He's not feeling like a mighty warrior. He's hiding. He's scared that he's going to be defeated. He's trying to get some food for his family. And, and he was just, the, the nation was so overwhelmed and traumatized, they didn't know where to turn. But he'd obviously been praying because God heard his heart, and that's why he showed up at Gideon. And look at the excuses Gideon had. If, why, but, how, you've abandoned us, if you go through them, there's five great excuses or reasons. God didn't answer any of them. Just like he doesn't answer our excuses, he'll just say, 
Go in the strength I'm going to give you and I'll be with you. That's enough. That's enough. We like to have it all worked out. God says, no, if my spirit comes upon you and you work in my ways and you're willing to partner with me, it's Gideon and God partnering together to set their nation free. The answer for our nation is the spirit of God working through the people of God across our land and that's what's going to set our nation free. That's what's going to bring healing and transformation and that's how he does it. He had lots of questions. He just said, go in the power of the Spirit of God, in the mighty strength I've already given you. He wasn't feeling strong at all. He says, I'm the least, our family's the least. It wasn't true. Their dad was one of the princes of the land. They had 10 servants. Unless you're an important family, you didn't have 10 servants. So the trauma and the pressure of the enemy had stolen his identity. He felt, well, we're the least, we're no good. That that wasn't the truth at all. He was actually a prince in the land, but he'd lost his sense of identity and purpose. And that's what the enemy tries to do. He tries to rob your sense of value that we can make a difference. Because we can, and many of you are, and will continue to see a difference come as we make space for the presence of God. Maybe 2019, you had a great year, but maybe the enemy tries to rob and steal your sense of identity and purpose. Let me tell you, we're going to stand up and rise up. It says, rise up, mighty warrior. Don't sit down under the pressure. He says, rise up and be who I've called you to be. And I believe God's calling the church, he's calling our church, he's calling us as individual believers to rise up and be the people God's called us to be. Because he's equipped us. Don't lay down under the pressure. Don't be overwhelmed by the stress and the trauma. It is real. You can't ignore it. But you can rise above and through and the grace of God can bring healing to broken hearts. He can set the captives free. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon us and change the atmosphere around us. And that's what we are carriers of hope. We are carriers of his presence. So Gideon goes through a couple of tests and says, God, is it really you? And he has the, the wet fleece and the dry fleece and, and all these tests. And God comes and accepts his offering with fire from heaven. And there's quite a number of dramatic encounters that was to build his faith and trust in God. God takes us on a journey and he will continue to build confidence and trust in God. The enemy's trying to steal it. God's there to build it. In Judges 6.34, we see... Quite an amazing scripture. It says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, summoning the Abiezrites to follow him. That was one of the clans in uh, Israel. It says, The Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon. He blew the trumpet. That was a trumpet to call the people to fight, to, to stand up and not be overrun anymore. In the Amplified it says, So the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon and empowered him. He blew a trumpet and the Abiezrites were called together as a militia or as an army to follow him. The words came upon actually mean to put on, to wear, to clothe or to be clothed. So the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit came upon him and clothed him. Put on new clothes. Isn't it awesome when some of you got some new clothes for Christmas? Some of you are probably wearing them today. Isn't it nice to wear new, fresh clothes? 
especially if they fit well and you're the right colour. Sometimes you've got to be nice when they open it up. Well, that's, that's nice. <laughs> but how else is it when you've got fresh new clothes to wear and you feel mm, ready to go, ready to face life, whatever it is? Gideon, it says, the Spirit of God came on and clothed him with anointing and power and courage to face whatever was coming against them and their nation and to turn this around. And so he was clothed. But it actually is even more insightful than that. In the Hebrew, the the word literally means the Spirit of the Lord clothed himself with Gideon which is a a twist on what's there. The Hebrew says, the Spirit of the Lord allowed himself to be clothed with Gideon's personality, character, strength, courage, and all that was needed. Because remember when, some of you know the story, when they actually went the 300 and they had their their lights uh, and their swords, and when Gideon said, when I break my picture and the light shines. I want you to call out for the Lord and for Gideon. Because they realized that it was the Spirit of God was so strong upon Gideon's leadership that they were going to overcome this vast enemy. And it says that the Lord allowed himself to be clothed with Gideon. And it's like God says, I've created you with a personality, with compassion, with courage, with leadership, with insight, with understanding, with resources, with abilities. I've created you with character and integrity. I've created you with all of those amazing things and the Spirit of God will come in you, on you, and He will allow Himself to be demonstrated through your life. That's a powerful revelation. Because often as Christians, we pray the prayer that John the Baptist prayed. Let me decrease so you can increase. Now there's a powerful truth to that. But you've got to realize that was a specific prayer that John the Baptist prayed because he was the last of the Old Testament type prophets And he said, the old system must decrease. The way that God's spoken must now decrease so that Jesus and the new covenant can increase. And way too often, I've done it when I was a younger Christian. I meet many Christians saying, well, I must decrease so God can increase. There's a truth to it, but I think the enemy has stolen from a lot of us our sense of identity, our value, our confidence, our creativity, our gifts, all those things God's given you. They don't need to die. They just need to be empowered and used for the kingdom of God. We put ourselves down way too often thinking we're spiritual, but you're actually robbing from what God's created you to be. He's given you a unique personality. Gifts and creativity and vision and heart and and skill. And they're gifts from God that you've studied and prepared. And the Spirit of God will come and clothe you. And He allows Himself to be clothed with you, your insight, your personality to flow through and heal broken hearts. 
Bring hope by your words and your care. And I believe that God wants the church to understand the power that he has allowed himself to be clothed with you, with our church, with the churches across our nation, because that's how he demonstrates the kingdom of God on earth. And I really believe God wants to teach us how to live with a new sense of confidence in God, not pride. Not talking about pride, I'm talking about confidence in God and who we've been made to be. And not a false humility. And not trying to kill or bury or lay aside the very gifts God's created us to be. But use them for His glory, not for our attention. When you start to use them for your own promotion or acceptance or status, the Spirit of God is very able to pull his hand off it and all of a sudden it crumbles into a heap. But when the blessing of God's on your life because you've fully surrendered, it's not more of him and less of me, it's all of him filling all of me. That's how God wants us to live. And I believe as a church and as people, when we understand it's all of him filling all who we are individually and corporately, that's when the kingdom of God will race across our nation. And in short time, many, many will come into the kingdom of God because they'll see Jesus represented well through your marriages, through your families, through our lives, through the way we serve and touch and connect, through the words of wisdom that will come out of your heart because the spirit of wisdom has clothed himself with you. And you'll make and create and build and transform and heal by the spirit of God flowing through us. Are you getting this today? This is a word of revelation that God spoke to me about five years ago. And it has really changed the way I do life. I have a place of rest in my soul a place of peace, but also a boldness and a confidence that God has equipped me and chosen me to do my part. And each of us, as we do our part, the kingdom is revealed. I really believe there's a powerful truth out of the story of Gideon. I encourage you to read the story of Gideon, Judges 6, 7 and 8. And it's, it's a really powerful story. He was discouraged that the Lord says, go to the enemy's camp. What? I'm scared of him. So he sneaks up one night and listens and they said, two of them are saying, we had a dream and there's this big barley loaf come rolling down a hill and squashed all of our tents. And the other guy's interpreting the dream that Gideon's listening. He says, oh, that can only be Gideon and his army. They're going to overwhelm us and defeat us all. In the middle of the enemy's camp, that's where he got his greatest encouragement. Sometimes in the middle of the battle, that's where God speaks the loudest. Because when everything's going well, we're not listening. We're too busy doing when there's pressure on, that's why I believe in the midst of this crisis in our nation, the Spirit of God's going to get a lot of people's attention. There's a lot of confusion and pain and trauma, but there's also the opportunity for great breakthroughs coming. And I believe that that is going to happen by the Spirit of the living God. What an amazing picture of the lifestyle the Holy Spirit would bring all of us into because of Pentecost. God has chosen to clothe his spirit using your body and it's not just for a time or for a task the picture is so real it said it's almost like God puts you on like a glove I'll be doing a whole pot of landscaping and cleaning up over holidays and had the work gloves on nearly every day and it's great when they fit well 
But one day I'm gone, next time I've got this pain, I realise a thorn had got inside the glove and it was just messy. God has fit you and our church like a glove so that we can partner together and express his kingdom. Isn't that a beautiful picture? So this year, whenever we're serving in kids' ministry, loving your family, sharing some hope with the people at work or our neighbourhood, or wherever, whatever God's doing, just remember, he's put you on like a glove. And together, we work together. How beautiful is that picture? A couple more scriptures to wrap it up today. You're very quiet out there. You're listening, eh? 1 Corinthians. When the Spirit of God lives through you, this does not control who you are. It's capturing to the fullest, immersed in divine influence. It's through your personality, your gifts, your character are all being expressed through God living in you. This is because of God's grace and favor. With Gideon, he had received favor that brought the enabling presence of God into his life to empower him to do what was impossible for him to do. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, and we are all given the one spirit to drink. The Passion says, For by one spirit we are all immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status whether we are Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. Wow, Gideon was only powerful when the Spirit of God came on him and in him and through him. We can't do this in our own efforts. But when the Spirit of God lives within us, we can touch our community. We can see darkness broken over people's lives. We can see hope come where there's been trauma and pain. We can see healing come into families that are broken because the Spirit of the living God lives within us. This baptism comes into, the, into our lives. Upon conversion, the Holy Spirit does four things. He gives us new birth, regeneration. He comes to live inside us, the indwelling. He places us in the body as a member of Christ's body on earth, spiritual baptism, and He seals us as the possession of Christ until the redemption of our human body. To drink deeply of the Spirit is the same as receiving His power and gifts until rivers of living water flow from inside of us. I want to encourage you, make room to worship. Make room to just sit and let His Spirit fill and overflow you. Prayer, the Word, serving. I find some of the greatest stirrings of the Spirit come when I'm praying for someone else and ministering hope to them. The Spirit of God just comes and flows through me like a river because that's what it's designed for. It's not just to feel good and say, hey, I'm a strong Christian. Let it flow and bring hope to the brokenhearted because that's when lives are really changed. I feel the beginning of this year, there's some people are going to step up and at the end of this year, you're going to be amazed like Gideon and say, how did that happen? Because I think you partnered with the Spirit of God to another level of freedom. Maybe you've surrendered and come to a place of saying, God, it's you flowing through me and partnering together. John 3.31 says, the one whom God has sent to represent him will speak the words of Christ. For God has poured out upon him the fullness of the Holy Spirit without limitation. The Amplified says, For God gives the gift of the Spirit without measure, generously and boundlessly. Out of innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers. 
Boy, we need some water, some living water across our thirsty, dry land. It's flowing by the Spirit of God. Rivers of living water out through your words and your songs and your hands and your heart. I love that picture of the glove on hands. It means you're in action. You're in worship and you're in work. You're waiting on God, being filled and refreshed every day and saying, God, use the gifts and personality and character you've given me. You might be saying, wow, my life's still a bit of a mess. Join the club. We're all Christians under construction. Someone said, when I get my life sorted out, then God can use me. I've learned he uses us during the process. And that actually speeds the work of transformation. When we're wrestling with stuff, we reach out to someone else that's wrestling. We find God's grace pours to them through us and we get changed in the process. <coughs> Don't listen to the lies says, when you're, when you're all sorted, then, he'll, then I'll, he'll use you. He's using you every day. Your personality, it's a gift. Someone's been damaged by sin and shame and addictions and, and abuse and trauma. That's where Jesus wants to continue to heal your soul. Maybe you've never ever really opened your heart to Jesus. Said, so I have never seen the kingdom of God like this. I understand some religious stuff. Maybe you've never really seen how that Jesus is so real. He's come to change your life. There's some people here, you're just thinking, well, last year was a tough year. I'm just going to play it safe this year. Don't do it. Don't do it. God's calling you to arise. Rise up, mighty warrior. Don't sit down and think, I'll just make it through. God says, come on, rise up, mighty warriors. See yourself as God has called you to be and do. Don't settle for less. Be refreshed. Learn to do it better in different ways by the Spirit of God, but let's rise up and not sit down. This, this community needs us, needs our church, needs your life. It needs you and I to be all that God's called us to be, filled with all that He is, and let's see His kingdom built. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.